Hey there, and welcome back to Podcasting for Educators. I have on a special guest today who is covering a topic that I have not always been super on board with. You may have heard me talk about this in previous episodes, and that is YouTube, specifically the combination of using your podcast content on a YouTube channel. The reason that I fell in love with podcasting is because of its convenience factor, being able to listen on the go wherever you are. And so I always figured, why add video into the mix? But I know a lot of you, I get this question all the time, a lot of people wonder if they should have a video podcast where they put their podcast content onto YouTube. And... There is no denying that video content does really well, and there certainly are a ton of people who watch YouTube videos, especially when they are looking for a solution to a problem that they have, which lends itself really well to podcast content like you create and like I create. So Deanna Pippinger is on the show today to share all about how you can repurpose your podcast content into YouTube videos. And what I love about how she explains this process is that it really does feel doable and it feels like it can easily fit into your weekly workflow for your podcast. So in this episode, she gives a lot of good tips on how you can strategically set up your videos to increase your visibility and ultimately grow your audience, which is what we all want, right? That's the way that we're going to extend our impact and increase the number of educators that we help. Deanna Pippinger is a former elementary school teacher turned mom and content strategist specializing in podcast and YouTube management. She loves being able to help her clients make a bigger impact by streamlining their content workflow. I've known Deanna for a while now, and she really has so many creative and strategic ways to repurpose your content, and I know that you're going to learn a lot from this episode. And before we dive in, I just want to give you a quick heads up that in part of the interview, there is some background noise that couldn't be removed during the editing process, but I really loved this interview and made the decision to air it because I don't really think that the background noise takes away from the great content in this episode. And as you know, a big reason for me starting this podcast is to give you all kinds of ideas that you can use for your own podcast. So just for your reference, the noise that you'll hear in this interview is caused by – it was Deanna's hair brushing against her mic. She had a pair of the wired headphones on that have the built-in mic. And this happens a lot. It also happens if you're wearing a lapel mic and if your hair is not back – it can brush against the mic, which can create a sound that's really, really difficult to be taken out during the editing process. So this is just something else for you to be aware of as a podcaster and to know that things just happen sometimes and it's okay. We're all human. So let's go meet Deanna. Welcome to Podcasting for Educators, the podcast that helps TPT authors and other online educators launch and grow their show. I'm Sarah, former elementary school teacher turned podcast manager, and I'm on a mission to help you get your podcast out and into the ears of those who need it most. Busy teachers, counselors, literacy specialists, SLPs, parents, and everyone in between. Each week, we'll cover quick tips, strategies, and podcast industry updates so that you can be on top of your podcasting game and gain some new customers along the way. 
Are you ready? Let's get to it. Hello, Deanna. How are you? I'm so excited to have you here to talk all things YouTube today. I'm so excited to be here too. I'm I'm doing really good today. Good. Awesome. I have already told you this. And for those of you listening, you might've heard me say this on previous episodes, but I have been very hesitant about using YouTube and keeping podcasts in audio form only. But Deanna and I started talking and she got me really, really excited about YouTube and the possibilities that there are with using it with your podcast content. So I am truly so excited to learn from you today and to hear all about YouTube. So why don't you, before we jump in to all things YouTube, tell us a little bit about your background and what you do for business. Absolutely. Thank you. I taught elementary at the elementary level for about 12 years and I loved a lot of it, but I was definitely in that, that burnout phase and we were looking to start a family and I just felt like, man, I cannot be a really good mom and a really good teacher at the same time. There's a lot of people that can, I am not one of them. And so I just was looking for something that was more flexible, that would allow me to like still use my gifts, my strengths, but be more available to be with my girls. And um, so I started out as a general VA with um, Michaela Quinn's program where we connected, overwhelmed to overbooked. And so, so grateful that I found her. And then one of my first clients actually said, would you like to manage my podcast? And I said, I don't know how to do that. And she's like, that's okay. I'll teach you. And um, that's when I fell in love with podcasting because you, I was being able to learn from amazing people uh, about uh, just so many different things, but a lot of just female entrepreneurs that were super ambitious and just, I just so appreciated all of their content and just going from the raw audio to this finished product that goes out into the world. I mean, obviously you understand you get it. I do. So that's where I kind of fell in love with podcasting. And then it was like, as a teacher, you know, we're never reinventing the wheel. Right. And so smarter, not harder. And, and that's where I started like understanding just the value of repurposing from that one long piece of content and was able to help a lot of my clients identify like, how can we use this for pieces of social content? And then how can we use this for your newsletter and then turn it into a blog? Like the possibilities are always endless, especially when it's just that long form content when you're really connecting. And so, and then from there it was like, okay, like how can we incorporate the video? And so then I just kind of started falling in love with the YouTube aspect and the repurposing that is is possible through that. So now I'm really helping podcasters pivot over to YouTube um, with just adding a couple more steps to their workflow. Yes, I love it all. I am 100% with you about repurposing. It's my favorite part about podcasting is that it makes the rest of your content creation so much easier. And you are just the perfect person to be on the show today because I've got a lot to learn with YouTube and I'm excited to dive in. 
So Deanna, can you tell us a little bit about the benefits of using YouTube and why YouTube, like, why are you so excited about podcasters using it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing about YouTube is there is so much space for everyone. And you talked about your niche and there, for one, there's a lot of people who aren't on YouTube. So the moment that you upgrade to YouTube and using video, you're setting yourself apart again. Yes. But there is just so much more freedom to be a hundred percent you. It's called YouTube for a reason. And there are so many other elements about you personally, your quirks, your passions, your personal life that you can really like blend in. And those can be the exact things that set you apart from other people that are in your same niche, but you can, you can still set yourself apart. So I love that piece, but that content again, to be able to repurpose it and the fact that it's evergreen is so helpful because the things that people are searching for, you know, I have a client who I really had to kind of twist her arm to be able to, to put more content on YouTube. I got her to do about 10 videos and without even really trying just that content that we put on a year ago, we're now almost at the point of monetization, which takes a lot of time typically, but because we were able to identify the keywords and understand the things that people are really searching for, that content just like keeps being discovered. And that's without like weekly uploads. And so just the fact that it's so, again, so evergreen is a huge thing. But the other thing that I also love about it is that analytics that YouTube provides. I know that there's a lot of things that we can identify in terms of podcasting of, of what work, what's working and what's not and how many people are downloading and that sort of thing. But YouTube really helps you understand exactly where your people are coming from, what they're typing in the search bar and the exact terms that they're using. And there's several different ways that people can find you on YouTube, whether it's search or browse or suggested and being able to understand just so much of the behavior of your audience is so helpful for being able to dive in to creating more of the content that they're already looking for. Oh my gosh, that's a huge benefit because I think one of the downsides of podcasting is that it's really hard to know who's listening and where they're coming from and what they're searching for and all of that. So, I mean, that really stands out to me as a huge benefit and really a great way to grow your podcast audience overall and to be able to take that information and help you decide what kinds of topics to cover later if you're able to see like who's searching for what and all of that. And it's interesting you gave the example of your client who has that evergreen content up and it's just getting more traction over time. I was just listening to a podcast and I'm blanking on which podcast it was, but they were giving some data on their podcast episodes and they said how their earlier podcast episodes, the episodes that have been around the longest are really the ones that are getting the most downloads week to week because they're growing traction in the search engines and they've been around longer. And I think a lot of people forget that not only do you have this content that you're putting out 
this week, this moment in time, but you now have this backlog of content that's always there, which really is so different from like social media posts and all of that. So that is perfect. Lots of benefits. 100% because I find that a lot of the research that I do on YouTube really informs everything. So it can inform your podcast episodes. It can inform, you know, exactly what your Instagram and Facebook content is too. So it just bleeds into everything and just supports all of your content creation process. Yes, that's perfect. Now, what can you distinguish a little bit between? So if you have a podcast episode, what kinds of people are going and listening on the podcasting apps? And then what sets that apart from people who would go and maybe search for this kind of content on YouTube? Yeah, it's a really good question because I think a lot of people who are newer podcasters are, they're trying to think smarter too. And so a lot of times people just say, oh, I'm going to throw my entire podcast episode on YouTube. And while I am all for repurposing, it's really important to, to understand how to be strategic on each platform. And while no one's saying that you can't just throw the episode up, a lot of people do, and you can get discovered that way. The people that are typically listening to podcasts are using podcast players because they can multitask. They can hang out with their kids and learn something. They can you know, they can be on a commute and they can be listening at the same time. Whereas with YouTube, a lot of times people are looking to engage visually. And the other thing about YouTube is that the optimal kind of video length is really between eight and 15 minutes because YouTube is paying attention to your retention rate. And so if you can get someone to stick around to the very end, then they're going to keep pushing your content. They're saying, oh, you are creating content that people really like. You're helping people solve problems, answer questions, and they're going to keep pushing your content and help them stay on the platform because that's ultimately what YouTube wants. They don't want you to jump off. And so that's always the ideal. And so for podcasters, a lot of times, It's just about taking the content that you already have and identifying what part of that episode, whether it's an interview or solo episode is really like, how can you make it essentially snackable, you know, Um, just those quick wins so that people want to binge your content because obviously any platform wants you to stay on the platform, but YouTube, especially. So yeah, perfect. So let's look at what it would look like to take your podcast content and put that on YouTube. So maybe we could use my podcast as an example. Can you help us to see how I could take the content from my show and make it make sense for YouTube? Absolutely. Yeah. I love your show because it's so obvious that you are working so hard to address the specific pain points that educators have when they're podcasting and that you're answering very specific questions. And that's exactly what you want to be doing on YouTube as well. It's just a matter of, again, shrinking down the content into that eight to 15 minute range, because a lot of times our podcast episodes go from 30 to 45 minutes, especially if it's an interview. And so a couple of things you can do. I, for your show, you have this great mix of 
solo episodes and interviews, right? Because you're positioning yourself as the expert that you are. And so like the episode that you did on the metrics, what metrics should you be tracking? Like that is a perfect one that people definitely want to understand and know more about. And so you could just focus on the specific metrics that they want to be tracking and being able to just focus on the those day of, the weekly, the monthly, the 90 day and showing people how they can track those, maybe even giving a, a screenshot of the spreadsheet that you're using and just making that episode a little bit shorter. Mm-hmm. But again, you're giving people some quick, relevant content so that they can understand exactly what they need to be focusing on. Now, another episode, it was just kind of top of mind because I have been thinking about the private podcasting, the one, who was your guest on that one? Dr. Lindsay Padilla. Yeah. That's one of the, my most popular episodes. Yeah. I love private podcasting. Totally. And the fact that like you bring up a good point. Like a lot of times, if you're not sure where to start, like just look at your, your most popular episodes and identify those and, and repurpose those. And so I loved that episode as well. And I think a lot of people would love to know, like, what are the benefits of private podcasting? And you went so in depth on those things, but since you're featuring a guest on that one, really all you would you could do is you could do a little search ahead of time of what could be like a bonus question that someone is looking to, to answer. And you could reserve that as after your podcast. And you could just ask that person, you know, are you comfortable with being on video? Uh, I'd like to feature this specific question on YouTube and it'll be just a little extra for my, my audience there. So, and then you would just be able to do an intro and an outro of saying like, I had a longer conversation again, pointing to the podcast, letting people know you have a podcast, but pointing to one specific question and saying, I had this great conversation with this guest and, and this is what she said. And then you, you, you're just going to clip that uh, part of your conversation and then put a, an outro on it with a very clear call to action and boom, you have your content and it's not exactly the same, but you're using the same time period to, to sit down and record and get all of that done in, in one piece. But again, you're being strategic with, with what you're targeting. Yes. I love that. I love being able to really leverage that time that you have for that interview and just getting that bonus content that you can then repurpose. And this sounds like a minor thing, but I love that you mentioned asking the person if they're okay being on video, because I've known a lot of people who have been on podcasts and they had no idea that it was that they were going to be recorded. And that's a bummer. So definitely make sure that you're getting consent from the person because they might want to, you know, look different than they would if they think it's audio only. So that is huge, definitely important. I'm interrupting this episode to let you know of a resource I have created just for you. One of the most common questions podcasters ask is, how can I grow my podcast audience? My top answer is to guest on other podcasts. 
Think about it. When you're intentional about which podcast you guest on, you're getting in front of ideal customers who are also podcast listeners. So how do you land interviews that will give you big results? I've put together a three-episode private podcast series all about how to approach the podcast guesting strategy. You can access it by heading to podcastingforeducators.com slash private podcast. I'll see you there. Now back to today's episode. So going back, that totally makes sense to me about what how you could easily repurpose that guest interview content. Going back to the solo episodes. So do you typically... Are you recording a piece of content where you're actually like videotaping yourself after the episode or do people also, will they video record themselves while they're actually recording that solo episode and, and take content straight from that episode? Well, what I would suggest you do just because if your episodes are already like in that eight to 15 minute range, which some people do, mm-hmm. you really could just record that and, and see what happens. I would say that your intro and your outro should be a little bit different to tailor it, to let people know that you are engaging with your viewers on YouTube differently than you are engaging with your, your mm-hmm. listeners on your podcast. But if your episodes are really any longer than 20 minutes, then what I would do is take your episode, maybe throw it in Temi mm-hmm. or, you know, a transcription service and yeah. pull it out and identify what are the, the key parts of this episode that are the most important that I really want to hone in on for YouTube. And then what I do for a lot of my clients is provide them with a, like a script template so mm-hmm. that you're very clear in, again, your calls to action, reminding people to subscribe, reminding people where they can find more of your content those different things that you want to do are super important. But if you can take that transcription to provide your outline, and I kind of think about it in terms of as a teacher, if you are a content specialist in like English or math, and you're teaching the same lesson four times in a day, that first one is a little bit rough, right? Mm, you know, it's yes. um, <laughs> you're, totally. you're, you're weeding out like, oh, that did not work. We will not do that again. And like making the first the day, pancake, the first pancake yes, is never, it's never good. Yes, yes, exactly. And so by the end of the day, you're like, I'm a rock star. I like created this amazing lesson, and your students are getting it like right away, but. The same thing is the case for when you get on video. So like you've done, you've been saturated in your content in that conversation. Those ideas are fresh in your head and on video, it does require a different energy. And I think that that's the, the hesitancy, like you have to be a little bit more enthusiastic, but when all that stuff is really fresh in your head, you can ad lib, you can be more of yourself. You have more confidence because it's all fresh and that's where you can sit down. You can record the podcast, but then on top of that, you do the video right after and it's, it's just there. If that makes sense. That makes so much sense. That's, that's absolutely perfect. Thank you. Now, for any YouTube newbies like myself, can you clarify just like, what are the key pieces that you would include in an intro and an outro? Is it like a hello, you're kind of telling them what you're about to teach them and reminding Mm -hmm. them to subscribe. And then the outro is that call to action. Yeah. 
So I think that there, there's many different ways that you can do it. A lot of the times opening by asking the question that people are already searching for mm. is a great way to just hook them and say, okay, that's, that's exactly what I'm here for. So I'm going to stick around. So opening with a question and then introducing yourself, what is the impact that you make? What is the transformation? What is, you know, how do you support people in your business really quick? Again, like 10, 15 seconds, people don't need to hear a ton from you. They need to know that you can help solve their problem. Yes. So everything is super quick. I know that's the worst when you're watching a YouTube video and it's like, you're like four minutes in and they still haven't yeah. started explaining it. Or, like, oh gosh. or they're like making apologies for why they haven't uploaded content in <laughs> four weeks. And you're like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really don't. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then just being really cognizant of your opportunities to engage your listeners. Like, have you ever had this problem too? If you're struggling with this, I want to know in the comments below. Mm. YouTube loves that engagement, just like any but any other platform. Yeah. But being super aware of how to sprinkle those things in, there's ways you can be strategic about linking your other content. If you go deeper into a concept in mm-hmm. another episode, being able to point to that and let people know uh, that they can learn more about that is another way that you're just keeping people on the platform. And then in your outros, again, just being really clear about your call to action in terms of like how they're going to interact with that content that you're creating, but like, how can they connect with you too? Mm -hmm. So, but keeping it super, super simple is is key. Perfect. And I mean, I guess a good natural call to action would be to go listen to the podcast episode Mm -hmm. that relates to that video. Yeah. And it it can change too. You know, it could be that they join your email list. It could be that they grab your freebie, could be that they listen to the episode, whatever it is that that can change from episode to episode based on how relevant it is. Yeah. Perfect. So what are some elements of YouTube that we really need to pay attention to and that can be optimized? Yeah. That's a, it's a really good question because if you're going to take the time to be on YouTube, in my opinion, like I don't have time to waste. So like you want to be strategic. I think that's the biggest differentiator with YouTube accounts, because I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, in the podcasting, uh, hosts, you can link your YouTube and it can automatically put just a static image of your whole episode and you never touch anything else on there. And that can't be doing much in terms of optimizing things. Yeah. Unless you're a big name. Sure. It's, I mean, and even those big names are losing, in my opinion, a, an opportunity to engage again, visually to connect with their audience. But if, you know, there's more, there's more than one way to do it. But if you're trying to really grow an audience on YouTube, some of the same principles in terms of podcasting, if you're getting started being super, super clear about your ideal client. And I think and you're in this space, you hear that over and over again, but if you never do that work, it's just a big waste of time. Yes. And it's even more important, I think on YouTube to be super, super clear. What are the exact things people are typing in when they go to YouTube and they go to that, that search bar. And so making sure that you're taking time to do those things, identifying what are the, the questions the 10 questions people come to you over and over again, that like, if you could give a Ted talk tomorrow, Mm -hmm. what are you going to be talking about? And, you know, being super clear of 
essentially, what is the, what do you want to be known for? What is the, the impact that you really want to have? And being consistent with that in terms of every time you go to create a piece of content, how does it relate to that thing that you really want to be known for and how are you helping people? So I would say one, definitely making sure you're doing that work. And that, that's something that I help people dive into more because that can be kind of a overwhelming, scary beast. Yes. But it, it really informs, again, all of your content creation on every platform. But one to- tool that I think is really helpful is something called TubeBuddy. And that can really help you optimize your titles, your tags, your descriptions, and your your thumbnails. All those things work together because it's really important that you use those things strategically in order to tell YouTube that your content is relevant to what is actually in your video. Because a big no-no on YouTube is like the keyword stuffing, tag stuffing. If you're saying that you're talking about something in your episode in the description that you really never covered, you can get shut down really easily. And it is very hard to get your channel back if you have a certain number of strikes. So you really, really want to be consistent with that. But those those things work together, the tags, the titles, your descriptions, and your thumbnails, super, super important. And there, there's, there's things you can always do better with those things. But a lot of times it's, it's just testing and seeing. And then again, looking at those analytics, what are people clicking on? And yeah, so I would say that those are, those are the main things that you want to, to focus on. Perfect. And did you say that tool was, is it tube buddy? Tube buddy. Yeah. And it's very inexpensive, especially when you're getting started. It's like five bucks a month, but it just really helps you identify what is going to perform best for your niche specifically. Okay. And it just takes a lot of the, the heavy lifting of the SEO piece out. And I would definitely suggest it for anyone getting started. That sounds amazing because when I think of YouTube and like really leveraging it, that's what's scary to me is figuring out, like making mm-hmm. sure that you're getting the most out of the content that you're putting up there. So that sounds yeah. very helpful and well worth paying for. Yeah. So if somebody is listening and they have, you know, they have a podcast or they're thinking about starting a podcast and they totally see the benefits of being on YouTube, what you know, we, we always want to start simple. We don't want to go out and spend a ton of money on setup and things like that. So can you recommend a few things for minimal setup for somebody who's just getting started? Yeah, I totally agree with you (laughs) on that side. And when it comes to tech, I mean, that can be our biggest barrier, right. And being consistent because a huge piece of podcasting and with YouTube is being consistent. And so if you make anything more complicated, you know, it's going to prevent you from being consistent. And so I honestly, like the capability of iPhones these days, I mean, yeah, I mean, I sound like an old lady when I say that, but it's true. (laughs) I know tons of people who record their podcast episodes on their phone and they sound great. Yeah. So there is just really no need to do anything more. If you have a newer phone, you don't need to invest in a big camera because the cameras that are really worth it, honestly, a lot of them start at like five to $700. And that's just a big investment for something that's big and scary and you haven't used very much before. So I would just say 
keep it simple. There are all-in-one setups where you can get a tripod and a ring light so that it holds your holds your phone. You have that lighting. And you know, you can use your your microphone that you're already using for podcasting if you want to. That is you could definitely use that. If you feel like that is limiting and you want to be able to move around a little bit more, you could get a lapel mic and mm-hmm. those those you can get for you know, 30 to $50 and that they have little remotes so that you could adjust that, the sound on, on the tripod really easily. But yeah. And you can set goals for yourself of like, okay, once I get to a certain number of views or this many videos in, or this many months in, and then I'll invest in a better camera, but it blows me away. How many channels that are out there that have created content that have awful setups. Yeah. But so many views. I don't know if you've experienced that too. It's just like, how are they doing this? It makes, I mean, I guess if they're solving a problem for people, that's what matters. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense with using your phone. Everybody, when you create a reel, you're using your phone. Mm -hmm. So why not use your phone for YouTube? Now, what about the actual like video editing? Do you have a recommendation of a program that you use for that? Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many out there that have like a very low barrier in terms of being able to to edit with ease and and not for it not to prevent you again from being able to upload your content. But I use Filmora. Uh, Camtasia is another one that I just feel like is really accessible. You can use iMovie for, you know, if you're, if you already have it on your computer, but a lot of these are free or a very low either subscriptions or one times. But yeah, again, I wouldn't suggest editing YouTube episodes on your phone. Like a lot of times you do that with reels. Um, but just because of the extra elements you're having to do with intros, outros and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Yeah. And I bet there's YouTube videos out there that you can watch to learn how to edit your YouTube videos. (laughs) Always are. Yes. Well, this has been awesome and I've learned so much and it's gotten me really excited to possibly try out YouTube, make the leap. So thank you so much. So can you tell the listeners where they can find you if they want to learn more about you and also just what kind of services you offer? Yeah, absolutely. So um, you can find me at my website at deannapippinger.com. You can find me on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram too much. I'm a little bit of a lurker there, but um, (laughs) (laughs) you can definitely find me in those two spots. And yeah, so I would love to help any podcasters who are looking to make that leap just because it really is, again, like we were talking about just a couple more steps to the workflow and especially if they're set up with you, I know that they're organized. They know exactly what they need, where they need to put it and when it's going to be distributed, all those pieces and parts. So it's just adding a few more steps. So I really guide people through that process. If they haven't done the market research piece of things, that is a huge thing that I offer just because Again, that can inform all of their Instagram content. We can come up with eight videos that we test and see what works well. And then we read those analytics. I provide that information for my clients and help them see what they can create more of, 
based on, on what their audience is loving. And, um, so I can do everything in terms of the, the editing and the upload, the SEO, the descriptions, or I can guide you through it and kind of be more of a mentor and help you understand what's going to work best for your niche. So awesome. You're a one-stop shop for all of that. That's great. And I, I do think that, you know, adding this piece of YouTube video can easily fit into your weekly workflow for your mm-hmm. podcast episode. So yeah. I think it is a just match made in heaven. It's perfect yeah. fit. Love it. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for coming on. I really appreciate you being here and have a great rest of your day. You too. If you have any questions or takeaways from this episode, send me a message on Instagram at podcasting for educators. I'd love to hear from you. All links and resources mentioned can be found in the show notes at podcastingforeducators.com. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Bye for now.